Hey everyone, welcome to Rad Dad Secrets. This is episode six, parent first, friend second. So the big question is this, how do regular dads like us who weren't given a playbook on parenting, who only have 24 hours in a day to make it all happen, how do we provide for our families in a way that will allow us to raise happy, successful children and have a thriving marriage while still being a man and doing the things we love? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. This is Rad Dad Secrets. All right, guys. So happy to be here with you guys and glad you guys are joining us today. We've got an awesome topic today called Parent First and Friend Second. So uh, my buddy Jefferson over here, um, came up with with this idea for this podcast, and I think it's golden. So why don't you start us off here, Jefferson? Yeah, so I, I read this on Facebook. It was one of these little memes that uh, I'll just read it right here. It says, my promise to my children, for as long as I live, I will always be your parent first and your friend second. I will stalk you, flip out on you, lecture you, drive you insane, be your worst nightmare, and hunt you down like a blood, bloodhound when I have to because I love you. When you understand that, I will know you have become a responsible adult. You will never find anyone else in your life who loves, prays, cares, and worries about you more than I do. If you don't mutter, or if you don't mutter under your breath, I hate you at least once in your life. I'm not going. I'm not doing my job properly. Parts of this I agree with, and parts of it I don't. I don't. Yes, I. I've always said, you know, if you're not making your kid hate you at least once a week, you're not doing your job. You know, it kind of goes back to kind of marketing. You know, if That's you're not, I was gonna if say. not ticking at least one person off by, by noon, you're not doing your job right. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I do agree with the idea of parent first and then be, be their friend second. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that stuck out to me on that really quick, I just want to throw in there. I, the, the older I get, the more respect I have for some of the things that my parents did. I was like, oh man, I did not get why they were so strict on this or they wouldn't let me do that or this happened and I didn't get it. And now all of a sudden, and I'm sure a lot of you guys listening can relate to this, but you're parenting your kids and you're like, what the heck just happened? I was my dad for a second. And sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's not good. But either way, you start to value and see why your parents did certain things and you start to understand. So just when it said, once you come to grips with why your parents did all this stuff, that's when you've become an adult. So I guess in the last maybe year or so, I became an adult. I don't know. I'm 39 now, but just getting there. But anyway, just wanted to throw that in there. Like I like that. That was really cool. I feel like society right now has a lot of parent friends. What, what should we call them? Frerents? Fr- yeah, that's, that's, that's not a very good word, but uh, we'll, we'll come up with a word. In, in, Prins? Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll coin the term. Prins. Ooh, Prins. I like that. And what happens is we're raising a society that does not respect authority because they were not taught how to respect authority because their, their parents were, you know, whether it's to the teachers, whether it's just to, um, to police, where, I mean, it, whatever it is, authority, they're not teaching them properly how to respect them. And so basically in, in an article I read, they, this, this person broke down parent, parenting into kind of two roles, an emotional role and a functional role. And they said, um, they, they explained it really well, when we are babies, we need both of those, you know, we need our parents to fulfill both of those roles. So 
the emotional role is when they're cuddly, when they're loving, when they, when they, when they're playing with us. And then the functional role is they've got to feed us. They've got to change our diapers. You know, if the functional role wasn't, wasn't there, we would, we would die. But then when we move into adolescence, we need more of the functional and less of the emotional. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a give and a take when it comes to those two roles, but definitely parent, parent first and and friend second. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And that totally makes sense. I mean, when, when you have this infant, it's, I mean, super easy to love. I mean, give the cuddles, give the loves. You realize how really incapable of doing anything they are. And it's super easy to do that. And of course, changing their diapers, wiping their behinds. We, we are our youngest are twins. They're five now, so they're out of diapers. But I'm telling you, man, they, they had blowouts twice a day. We had to change those. They couldn't change them themselves, unfortunately. But as they're getting older, yeah, you, you'll notice that the function, and this is a part, I mean, there's pros and cons to everything, right? But as my kids are getting older, I have, my oldest is 13 right now, but as far as function goes, there's not a whole lot I have to do for him anymore. He gets up in the morning, he cleans himself if, if I'm lucky, takes a shower if I'm lucky, don't have to wipe him anymore, thank goodness. Uh, but he eats his breakfast, he gets his school stuff, he gets on his bike, he goes to school. And the functionality of that, there's not a whole lot I'm doing for anymore. But what I'm noticing is the emotional side of stuff, just like I'm not giving him that functional attention anymore, but the emotional side of stuff seems like it's even more important, more critical right now, but it can be challenging. That's, that's been my experience thus far it can be challenging, but that's where the emotional connection is heightened, right? Is that, that, did I understand you saying that, right? That's, I mean, essentially we need to give more emotional, not as much functional as they become teens. No, kind of the opposite. Kind of the opposite. Okay. So explain that to me then. So we need to decrease the emotion. So when, you know, when they come to us saying, you know, let's say my teacher, my teacher made me do this. So instead of being the emotional, like, oh yeah, that, that teacher's such a jerk, you know, I, I, I hate that teacher or, you know, I had, I had teachers like that in school and, and we hated them and, and, you know, just start punching holes in, in all these teachers. What we need to do as parents as the functional part needs to step in and say, okay, I can see this child is coming to me at an emotional level. That's not what they need. They need they need direction, they need guidance, they need function. So it just kind of steer them away from, uh, hey, you know, great. I understand where you're coming from. You show them some empathy. Say, I understand where you're coming from. But, you know, I, I, I had some of those teachers, uh, those same teachers in school. What can we do? How can we change the situation? Or, you know, it's, I don't want to just say, you know, it's best, it's best to just obey the rules. But, you know, kind of, we need, we need to teach them that there is structure. There is, there is that, well, we need to just take their hand and guide them and say, look, this is how the way it should be. So when authority comes up, you know, when, when somebody uh, over them is, is trying to make them not make them obey the rules, I don't want to say make them obey the rules, but when something like that comes into question, they can, they'll be more respectful of those uh, authoritative, uh, authoritative figures. And also be more respectful for to you too, right? As the parent, if you're sitting here punching holes in authority and then you expect them to obey your rules, they're going to look at you as kind of a hypocrite. So 
it's kind of the kind of the opposite. <laughs> Sorry, Eric, it's kind of the opposite of what you were saying. <laughs> you but, are uh, wrong, Eric. You, no, I get what you're saying. So I, I understand. I was thinking. I mean, essentially, had kind of the same meaning, but I I had flipped the words in the meaning. But essentially, let me see if I'm understanding this correctly. And for everybody who's listening, to make sure they're on the same page. Emotionally, as as they get old, I mean, when they're younger, they cry. They come to you. They need to be emotionally coddled, essentially. But as they get older, maybe not as much coddling, but more of the function. I'm now. I'm not going to coddle you anymore. I'm now going to teach you how to handle this situation properly. Give the authority the respect and. Be able to make your own judgments. If the authority is wrong, you still need to respect the authority, but be able to make your own choices, your own, your own judgments around that and make a mature, wise decision that's going to be a win-win-win wherever possible. Is that a little bit better? Yeah, yeah, so yes. Yes, okay. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> End podcast. No, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, so, yeah, but at the same time, I want to be friends with my kids, you know? I do. I want to, I want to be friends with my kids. Yes. Just yesterday. Um, we had, we had one of our, one of my, my oldest daughter had a track meet and all of us obviously go, we, we go to support family and come home after the track meet. And my youngest son, he's super into dinosaurs right now. Like dinosaurs are his thing. And he has this Tylosaurus that he got for, uh, Easter. I think it was just, just a couple yeah, just a couple, a couple of days ago he got this Tylosaurus and like this thing is his thing. He'll take it around anywhere with him. And so we get home and he comes up from downstairs from the basement and he is just, it looked like he just saw a ghost. He's like, I forgot my Tylosaurus. And we're like, where is it? And we were all kind of down on the field, on the, on the infield and in the sand pit. And he's like, I left it by the sand pit. And instead of me just kind of blowing up and, and saying, you, you idiot. You know, we told <laughs> right. you not to take it for one. We told you not to take it and you took it and we told you to leave it in the car because we knew something like this was going to happen. I didn't say any of that in my mind. I'm like, okay, to him, to him, this is a million dollars, right? Oh, to yeah. him, this is a million, right. This is a, a 10 duffel bags full of hundred dollar bills. Right. And so I, <laughs> I kind of stepped out. I said, okay. I said, Hey buddy why don't we go look for it? Right. We, we did the high school is not that far. So I, I don't want people to think like, wow, this is a big sacrifice. It was a sacrifice, right? I was starving. I hadn't had, I just, I went from work to the track meet. I was hungry, but at the same time, I wanted to be his friend. I didn't want to come down at him and be, you know, call him an idiot. So we go back and guess what? It's there. Like Whoosh. that was, that was Christmas <laughs> all over again, big smile on his face. So we're not saying here, you know, be a dictator and, you know, be cold and, and remove yourself from, from your children. No, it's setting boundaries and sticking to those boundaries, you know, being firm with, with that. But at the same time, you got to be a friend too. What do you think? Oh, no. Amen. And, and I just, let me just give a little shout out to you and some kudos for handling that situation the way you did. And cause I've, I've been in those situations and I've gone both directions with it. There have been sometimes where I'm, I literally, I think in my head, like, Eric, you probably shouldn't say this, but here we go anyway. And I'm like, <laughs> I told you not to bring it. I told you this would happen. Right. Why'd we do this? And you go down that path and it's been my experience that never works. It never helps the situation, but exactly how you handled it there, being able to step back a little bit 
and remind yourself he's seven you said no oh no he's five. Oh, five. okay yeah, he's so five. he's five yeah so even more so he is right. five years old right and and with my five-year-old twins i run into this all the time i've got to constantly remind myself okay they're just five they are learning you know i've got to be their parent but i want to be their friend too just like you're saying you want to have fun with them you want to support them you want to guide them and help them through this journey we call life man it can Life can be rough, and uh, the the quicker you can learn to deal with those failures, looking at look at them as positives, and turn bad situations such as leaving T Rex at the park into a good situation where it was Christmas all over again. It's a beautiful thing to to be a parent. It can be insanely insanely difficult at times, but it's the most rewarding job that I think there is in the entire world. Being a parent and a friend, but a parent first always. Yeah. And I think you, I think you shared this on a a Facebook live one time where you, you talked about spilled milk or spilled something in, in at the dinner table. Right. Uh I think, I think it's a daily occurrence that my kids spill something and the way that you react to it or not even, not even that, just the way you react to things will dictate how things will go in the future. So if we're talking about a little thing, uh, spilled milk and you freak out about it, how are your kids going to respond to something huge? Like something huge happens and it's their fault. Do you think that they're going to come to you like openly and say, dad, this happened? No, they're not. They're going to be like, shoot, if he freaked out over spilled milk. I spill my milk. What happens when I break the window? Right. The way that you react to it, and, and I got to be honest with you, I, I have fallen victim to that. Well, I shouldn't say fallen victim because I'm, I'm not a victim here. I, I willingly chose to freak out. But <laughs> I, I have done the same thing more than I'd like to admit. But, you know, you're tired. It's, it's dinner time. You, you, you've just worked all day long and you come home and, and they spill something. She's like, oh, my gosh, how many flipping times are you going to do that? But right now I'm going through, um, I'm going through this, uh, this health program and I think it, it was really cool. The, the start of this program, he's talking about choices with, with eating. And he says, when you, when you come to a crossroads of whether or not you are going to choose this thing to eat, yeah, he says, basically go through this, go through this uh, progression basically it's stop contemplate like where where is this going to take you and then make that choice so i think i think we can apply that to being a parent too if something like that happens you know spilled milk okay just step back just for a second you know take a to 20 second time out uh-huh contemplate whether freaking out in 10 years down the road how did freaking out right now how did that how did that direct the way that your kids respond to you and then make that choice. And, and I think there's another, sorry, I, there's another thing I don't want to say. And this, this is uh this kind of goes that same way. If, if you take off from a plane at the equator, let's say like Quito, Ecuador, and uh-huh. you wanted to fly all the way around the world, all the way around the equator back to Quito, Ecuador, but you were one degree off. You started just one degree off. Like this is us right now freaking out about the milk. How is freaking out about the milk going to affect your relationship 10 years from now, right? That just puts us just a tiny bit off. It's not, you know, chopping your kid's hand off for, for doing that. Right. All it is, is freaking out. So how does that affect 
10 years from now? Well, you're going to be five, over 500 miles off your course by the time you get back to your starting point. Yeah, no, I like that. It's the small and simple things. And I mean, there's, there's kind of two analogies built into that one that you just said. One of them is the butterfly effect. I mean, you're freaking out that little bit can tweak things that night and change things in the long run. We don't realize how far reaching everything we say, do, and think affects everything else around us. And, uh, and the other aspect, I, I love taking that moment to stop and contemplate. Not even, I would say not even 10 years down the road. How about 10 minutes from now? Play, play that one out in your mind, you know, like the, make up two scenarios in your head. All right. So let's say, and yeah, it takes some practice and you got to be quick on your toes, but that happens. Think quickly, like, am I going to, if I freak out, what's the result going to be? Well, my kid's going to start crying and he's going to be upset. The rest of the table is going to get quiet and avoid all eye contact with me because I just blew up and they don't want to, they don't want to get in the line of fire. And right. now that kid is now scared and the rest of dinner basically is ruined. Right. Or the other, the other element you can play on your head is the kid spills the milk and you say, Oh my gosh, I remember spilling the milk when I was a kid. Or you just say, Oh, nice one. High five. And you give them a high five and say, go grab a towel. Let's clean it up. You yeah. know? And then everybody at the table is kind of lighthearted and they want to get in the line of fire because now dad, dad's in a good mood. So, right. and um, you know, it's, it's simple, not always easy. Right. Yeah. But, you, you have the choice of your own thoughts. That's the one thing that you absolutely can control are your thoughts and your thoughts create your emotions and they create your actions, create your results and you've got reality. So yeah. that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Then, then the milk will flow like the salmon of Capistrano, right? <laughs> totally oh, rad. Totally rad. Well, Parent first, friend second. I, I think this has been an awesome podcast. Uh, we want to thank you guys for listening. And uh, remember, we are rad by choice. Not by chance, guys. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Rad Dad Secrets Podcast. Subscribe now to never miss another episode or opportunity to become a better father, husband, and man. Also, be sure to join our Totally Rad Dads private Facebook group for constant support and tips on being the best dad possible. If you haven't yet, please leave us a review. It helps us immensely on iTunes. And remember, we are Rad Dads by choice, not by chance.